We made it. It's the end of the week. This is the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels, and it is the last podcast of the week before the weekend is upon us. And gosh, what an atrocious week at the old day job. I mean, God, I, yeah, if I were to ever be able to do this full time and earn the big bucks, watch out, because I'm going to have merch. <laughs> So that everybody knows that they're they're part of the fuzzball nation. I really like that. And of course, I'll give royalties to the person that came up with that one. uh, Because it's only fair. I would never steal intellectual property like that. And then then what we'll do, twice a year, we'll have the fuzzball convention. Where we all meet somewhere and hit up all the happy hours and eat food. I am, what most of you don't know is anything about my personal life. I am a large foodie. I know food, I like to eat food, and I know how to eat food. So if you're somewhere else in the country, like when I lived in Arizona for a while, everybody would give raving reviews to these certain restaurants. I'd go there. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a fantastic meal. I can't wait. I Let me have it. And it was exactly what you saw on the menu. In other words, no spice, no flavor, no, no butter, no garlic, no onions, none of that. So I, if we were to do a fuzzball convention, I would take us to all of the best restaurants and I would hit up those bastards for a little discount so that we can all enjoy ourselves. So <laughs> so I guess, I guess that's what we have to do. We have to get me on the map and get me syndication, even more so than what I've got here. So, uh, But here's something... That's really atrocious, and that's Congress is adding $45 billion to the 2023 military budget. This is on top of last year's substantial increase. So altogether, this year, they're talking about giving the military $847 billion. That's almost $1 trillion with a T for tango. Where is this money going? You want to talk about equity. You want to talk about reparations and 40 acres and a mule. You want to talk about making sure everybody can chop off their genitals. Why is the military getting almost $1 trillion? Where is that money going? Is the United States any safer? Is the social strata within the United States any more equitable? No, it isn't. So where is this money going? If I had my guess, it's being laundered somewhere, mainly through the military-industrial intelligence complexes, where the money just goes in and poof, you get, for for $10,000, you get a wingnut and a washer. This is out, there's no accountability to any of this, none of this. And then they're talking about that, oh, Zelensky, Nazis, oh, I'm sorry, he's Jewish, he's not Nazi. The people under him are Nazis. Zelensky in the Ukraine came out and said, oh, we we have a reconstruction plan for the Ukraine. It's going to cost uh, around $1 trillion. No, I think it was five, yeah, it was $1 trillion. That's what it was, $1 trillion. Well, everybody in the United States, in the government, started to say, well, we should take him kind of seriously. He knows what's best, so we should really consider this five-year plan for $1 trillion. 
Why? 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 There's no reason for it. All you have to do is go onto social media and you see how crime is just rampant throughout all of the cities, at least Democrat cities, which big deal if you think about it. And there's no coming together in the United States. None. Absolutely not. And that's what has to change. And that's where it's up to people like us to make the people like them see the error of their ways. These liberal and rollover Republicans, like the like the uh, Liz Cheney's, that fat pig winning the blue ribbon at the county fair, and uh, who's the other one? Uh, the McCain family in Arizona, another atrocious bunch of malcontents and, and harridans. They need to just eliminate themselves from society. But the thing is, is they're so well entrenched, and we cannot hold them accountable because there's no accountability to any of this. There's no auditing. There's no way to find out where this money is coming from and where it's going. I mean, I brought up the story about the human trafficking from Project Veritas yesterday or earlier. Think about this. The the cartels pay for the transit costs to the U.S.-Mexico border. Once these people get across the border, then Health and Human Services takes the kid or, well, Kid, adult, most likely a kid, and then shifts it over, shifts that kid over to to a uh, a, a trafficker's house where they're they're thrown out there for sex slavery, uh, indentured servitude, uh, slave labor like conditions, and who foots the bill for all of that? It is the United States federal government. That's who does this. So this is all part of a plan to get people out of the Southern Hemisphere into the Northern Hemisphere, and they don't care about you, and they don't care about me. They don't care about what is being done with our money, and they don't care about our livelihoods and our conditions of living and our living standards decreasing by a significant amount in a scant Two years. So I had a thought about that, and I couldn't figure it out because I brought it up a while ago on a couple of podcasts. I could not figure out why they keep up this immigration program where they take people from the southern hemisphere and they're trying to pump them into the northern hemisphere. Particularly, why are they pumping the United States with immigrants? Why are they pumping the EU with immigrants? And then it, it kind of dawned on me today, if these people are as disgusting as we think they are, and they want to really reduce the population of the planet, then why wouldn't you want people located in a smaller region? Why would you want 8 billion people scattered across the globe? What you have to do is you need to start concentrating the masses into a few population centers, like the United States, like Paris, like Italy, like London. So what happens? You've got major population centers in the United States, in the EU, in the UK, and then you've got major population centers in India and China and Japan, right? Out of 8 billion people, how many billions of people did I just account for? And if these 
whatever they are, Satanists, uh, technocrats, whatever you want to call them, if they're hell-bent on reducing the population, then this is where they're going to go. This is how they want to do it. They want to create the viruses, the outbreaks, pandemics, wars, nuclear or otherwise, and they want it confined to smaller areas with an increased population right? They don't care if you're a citizen, illegal or not, because in a few years, if they get their way, it won't matter because there's going to be a lot less people. That's that's where I'm thinking this all goes. Uh, but hopefully that's not, because once we bring attention to that kind of concept, once we tap into the energy of a plan like that, all of a sudden the plan starts to unravel and then it kind of dissipates. Really, if we're talking about an energetic level, what seems to happen is that once you start shining light onto a topic, we draw attention to it, and these topics are not easy to swallow. They're pretty morose. I mean, they're, they're pretty disgusting when you think about it. But once you start putting light on those topics, then everything starts to dissipate because the the plan is now known and we're tapping into it. So it's not just me, it's all of you that listen. And so once we start to magnify our awareness, and by the way, energetically, if you're talking about it in a realistic style, it's not just, you know, when, when you spread information from one person to another... And let's say we have three people. It's not two times two times two. It's two times two is four times two is eight. It it magnifies exponentially. It's not just magnifying by one person each time. It's an exponential magnification of awareness that is spread throughout the spectrums, that is spread throughout frequencies and resonances, and it's also spread throughout people on a subconscious level and those individuals that interact with us don't even necessarily know that they're picking up on the vibe that we are dishing them. So it's very important just to be aware of this stuff because it suddenly starts to go away. But one thing that will not go away is the Bidens. And for some reason, now, I don't know, the Nantucket Current reported that on 5.30 in the morning on Monday and less than 24 hours after the Secret Service agents dropped off vehicles at the Nantucket Memorial Airport, oh, wouldn't you know, all of the Secret Service vehicles that the Secret Service rented just went up in smoke. Yes, they all caught fire. Five vehicles caught fire. <laughs> what? I wonder why. I mean, if the Bidens were using those vehicles, what happened inside of those vehicles? Now, that's the easy answer, right? If you sit there and say, oh, I'm palling around with Hunter, and we all know that Hunter likes to smoke crack and leave his bodily fluids on various fabrics uh, or inside various individuals who potentially leak things, then we're going to set the whole thing on fire. We don't have to worry about evidence anymore. But that's not... I'm going to agree with Dr. Joseph Farrell on this one. He said what this means is, or this is what he thinks, more than likely that's a message for them. If you don't play ball with us, then what we did to those vehicles, that's going to be done 
to your family members, if not you yourself. That was a message because those vehicles went up in smoke after the Biden family already left Nantucket. So there was no danger in these people getting actually hurt. Now, you could make an argument, oh, these vehicles were full of bodily fluids and semen dripping from the ceilings, so we need to torch these things before anything else happens to them. Jump ball. I mean, 50-50, I could say either direction. But I tend to lean more towards Dr. Joseph Farrell's angle to say that this is somebody saying something. Don't mess around with us. Don't stop the Ukrainian funding. Don't stop pumping up the war in the Ukraine and so on and so forth. Because if you do, you'll end up like Kennedy. And here's the message to do it. So that's where I'm leaning on that one. So don't expect any massive changes is what I'm getting at from the Biden administration come 2023. And this also by D.D. Rankovich. Google, and this is from, where is this from? Reclaimthenet.org. Google to introduce behavioral interventions. The next dystopian idea, including proposals such as, quote-unquote, pre-bunking. What they're talking about is groupthink. What they're talking about is doublespeak and massive amounts of censorship across the planet via Google. So the first thing you have to know about Google is to think that it is a company It's that's the wrong way to do it, or a search engine that's the wrong way to think about it. It's a data mining company. What they do is is that they use your data, and then they sell it to people. In one instance, they sell it to the federal government, because Google is pretty much a DARPA creation, DARPA being the skunk works of the Pentagon and the War Department, which is basically all of the experiments that we want to go into, and we never really want to make it into a public spectrum. We're going to experiment it with, uh, with DARPA. They're going to handle the whole thing. So that's where Google really comes from. So Google has presented its project dubbed, quote-unquote, Info Interventions, and they see it as a behavioral science project, and they're going to teach users to the degree that they will become resilient to online harms. If we saw what happened in 2016 throughout 2022 with any topic relating to Donald Trump, we can only imagine what these online harms will be leaning towards. Um, anything the Democrats and rollover Republicans want, that's what. Another promise is that by pre-bunking misinformations, users can be immunized. Immunized? Immunized against what? An opposing viewpoint? Information they didn't know about? How is this supposed to work? Well, Google put up a site and they did a whole um, walkthrough of what it's supposed to actually do. The hypothesis currently seems to be that reminding individuals to think about accuracy when they might be about to engage with false information can boost users' pre-existing accuracy goals. So basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to create a Pavlovian response every time you do a Google search. In other words, if you search for something that is a, in a, uh, about Trump in a positive light, What's going to happen is, oh, there's an accuracy warning. 
don't click the link. So they'll put up a little message. Oh, you're about to engage in something that is icky. And these people are fascists. Fascists don't know. Don't now. We, Google's that we're not the fascists telling you what to think. It's Trump and those evil people that dare to write a semi-positive article about Trump. Those are the fascists. That's what they're trying to do. And by putting that on display, you're going to get a lot of ham and eggers and brain-dead morons that don't know how to think and discern information. They're going to look at this and say, oh, good. Oh, I can't, I can't look at this. I don't, I, I, I don't, I, I can't engage in misinformation. I mean, there's fascism out there. We can't look at this kind of material, so let's move on to something. Oh, thank goodness, MSNBC is right there, and I can click on the link, and I know it's a trusted source. <laughs> oh, these people. Uh, so, the method of effectively training users to behave in a desired way is unsurprisingly attempting to draw from behavioral science. This gift to the world comes thanks to Google's unit called Jigsaw, and it was set up to, quote-unquote, explore threats to open societies and build technology that inspires scalable solutions. So the phrase open societies, it is a key phrase because what happens is they're telling you, open societies, is that they're aligned with the George Soros crowd. Whenever you see open societies, think World Economic Forum, George Soros types, think those kinds of policies that they want to instill upon society. When you see that phrase, open society or open societies, think someone is trying to rook you ignore it throw it out the window get it out of the way do not observe never mind take it seriously so i mean the article goes on and on but essentially what's going to happen is google is going to try to do exactly what i said pre-bunking they're going to try to redirect you so instead of clicking a link or looking at certain um websites they're going to try to dissuade you from going there and so on and so forth so but here's here's the other part of this and this goes back to digital currencies and social credit scores and all the rest what they're now doing with jigsaw and google by creating this is that if they were to have a social credit score and digital currencies and all that this would then go into a social credit score system. You're looking up the wrong things. What you dared to try and search and research and find more information about is linked to fascism. So your social credit score is going to be taken down a few notches because now the feds see you as a danger to your peers and your community. So what's the solution to all of this? I don't know. The only thing I can kind of think of is that to take ourselves off of the interwebs altogether save for research projects, like looking things up 
and ignoring the prompts that say you're going to be in a dangerous website. Getting back to reality, getting back to what's actually in front of us, family, community, start building something, start accomplishing something, start uniting people, start creating a better future. We have to start manifesting something in the now that is right in front of us, not on a website. I mean, I could do a podcast, and basically I've got a bullhorn, and I talk to you like I'm a drunk at a bar. But at least you get some different ideas from other places uh, out of my mouth, and this is my kind of gift to you. And it's also just my way of making people aware of different things. But I, I sincerely think we have to start removing ourselves, extracting ourselves from the digital world, whether that's Instagram or Twitter or whatever, and start looking at what's in front of us, planting a garden, learning a trade, right? You've got a day job, but learning something that's in front of you, whittling wood. I don't know about you, but I've seen some people, some woodworkers that do amazing things, and I don't know how they do it. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive stuff. Picking up an instrument, doing something that is positive for the community. And I don't mean, you know, putting in pornog pornographic books at the, uh, at the children's section in the library. I think that's the way out of this. I think getting in front of our peers and vibrating more, increasing that resonance exponentially, I think that's the way out of it. All right, I'm going to leave it at there. I'm tired. I am exhausted. I didn't even know if I was going to do a podcast tonight. As always, you can like me, find me, and share me at the usual haunts. Last Call Caravan on all of the social media. Uh, I got some positive feedback on the Gnostic texts and all that, so I may get into more mythology next week. Um, I'm thinking going back to Credo Motua. I do have a book that I said I was going to talk about. It's called The Atlantis Blueprint. Uh, and it's very interesting because it basically takes the prime meridian and the equator and removes it from off the coast of Africa, puts it onto the Giza pyramids, and then all of a sudden, every single sacred site lines up with increasing frequency if you move those two lines to the Giza pyramids. And all of a sudden, all of these ancient sites are at the exact same longitude and latitude from the Giza pyramids. It's almost like Giza pyramids in Egypt ain't Egyptian. It's almost like they're Atlantean. Oops, sorry, didn't mean to bring that up. Okay, so have a good weekend, and I will be back next week, as always, with four podcasts of glittering brilliance. As always, feel free to like me, find me, and share me anywhere. And remember that you are all lovable fuzzballs, just as much as I am, and we are not only lovable fuzzballs, but we're also exemplary individuals that display and exude brilliance upon the fruited plain everywhere. And that's a, that's a big responsibility, so don't take it lightly. Until next week, this is the Last Call, Car Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels.